Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Amen. Would you guys welcome now to Seeds, Pastor Mike Miller. Give him a big Seeds welcome. morning church some of you were really excited because you thought it was pasta appreciation month when you heard that you're like I love Olive Garden I can't wait so um, and one more announcement if you lost a tooth yesterday <laughs> go see a dentist okay um, really important so good to be here um, as Pastor Jade some of you are just getting if you have to explain that to somebody don't explain it to them if they didn't get it it's all right they can watch it next week on the live stream um, but uh, as JD said we've been off um, we've been online more than we've been in person for the last two years. Uh, just back today in person in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia, you go to the Bridgestone and take a left and keep going to the edge of the world, and that's where we live. Um, um, but uh, one thing I, I do pray in this season is that we don't take meeting in person for granted anymore. Like, I grew up in church. Like, where are my church people? You grew up in church? Like, you can always spot a church kid, right? Because they think Joan of Arc was Noah's wife, right? Like, they've just been in church too long, right? And sometimes I think we, we, we fail, we start to tolerate being together. And I've realized this in life, that what you fail to celebrate, you eventually tolerate. And what you tolerate many times will leave your life. And whether that be a friendship, a marriage, or your faith, what you eventually tolerate will leave you. And I'm believing in the season that we will celebrate being in person, and we love online. We're so thankful you're watching online. But there's something about being in the room today. You, you didn't get it online. You didn't, you didn't see the kids at the front. They just blessed me. You know, I don't know how old these little girls were, but singing, you've been good to me my whole life. I'm like, you're seven. <laughs> but I was saying underneath my, underneath, just quietly, I was going, yeah, me too. Yeah. At 46, you've been good to me my whole life. Me too. And um, I don't want to take for granted being in person today. So, um, we got to celebrate being together. How many are glad to be in the room today? Be in the room. Yeah, we're so thankful. So proud of you. If you have your Bible, can you turn to Mark chapter 14? If you don't have a Bible, just sit next to a Christian. They'll have one. Uh, Mark chapter 14. <laughs> oh. And don't, and don't be worried about people wearing masks on the church property. In Canada, Christians have been wearing masks for years in church. Um, so, so oh. I'm just warming you up this morning. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Mark chapter 14. Uh, I just, I do want to say it's been said, it's been said, but I'm so excited and proud of this church. JD and Jamie, so proud of you. Um, um, pastors, um, Russell and Bob and team, just so proud. Who, who buys a building in a pandemic? Crazy people do. Like, you're not right in the head to quote Braveheart, you know, he's not all there, you know. Ah, 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 you know, and... Uh, if you got that, you're over 40. Thank you. You're my people. <laughs> the rest of you, just Google Braveheart later on, you know. And, um, but I'm just so proud, so proud, and so excited um, for what God has for you. And um, did you guys plant 2017, like, the same time we did, right? You're a week older. We're a year older? A week older. Yeah. And since we planted a church, we just celebrated our fourth birthday, and um, which is like dog years in church planting. Like, we're like 30 now. And... Um, we got more issues in Time Magazine, but we celebrated fourth year. And um, But the churches I'm associated with, and I know in relationship, there's about six churches I'm pretty close to, and you guys are one of them. And of those six, 
Um, four don't exist today. And uh, I'm a crier, by the way. Also, I'm a little tired, so it could go either way. So, um, so just, just know. Uh, might be anointing. It might be jet lag. You just, you just take it forever it is. Um, I'm really just grieving. I thought it was pasta appreciation month. I really thought it was. Um, but um, I just, I just so, so thankful for God's blessing on your church. And yesterday, talking to so many of you, so many of you have come in the last year. And last time I was a part of this church, we were at the movie theater. And, um, you know, somebody said, we came in January, we came in April. And just so excited. And what a season you're in. And uh, I just hope, I, I sense appreciation in the room for God's presence and his faithfulness. Yeah. And it's wonderful yeah. to feel. And we're just, we're cheering you on from Nova Scotia. We're cold up there, but we're cheering you on with our mittens. We're clapping for you. Um, Mark chapter 14, are you there? If you're there, say hey. If you're lying, say hey, hey. Yeah, there's always a, always a few, yeah, <laughs> always, yeah, love you so much. Um, Mark chapter 14, I'm going to read a little bit of the Bible, a lot of the Bible today, if that's all right. Um, wasn't actually asking, uh, but we're going to read a lot of the Bible because we get to do that in church, and uh, the government hasn't stopped us from doing that, or anybody else. How many love the Word of God? It's the only, bo- it's the only book you do not read. It reads you, and it tells you what the purpose God has for you, and it corrects you, and encourages you, and um, Mark chapter 14. I'm going to start reading in verse 27. Verse 27, it says, On the way Jesus told them, all of you will desert me. What a great opening line right there, right? Passive-aggressive Jesus right there, right? (laughs) That's a great start to a meeting right there. All of you will desert me. Um, For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared, I'll share this on Instagram and I'll share it on Facebook. And even if I have to do a TikTok dance and die with you, I'll never deny you. And all others vowed to do the same. Then they all went, that was the Passion Translation I was reading there. Uh, They went over to the Olive Grove um, where Gethsemane and Jesus sat and said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him and became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell to the ground and he prayed that if it was possible for this awful hour awaiting him might pass by. He said, Abba, Father, take a chance, take a chance on me. Abba, Father, he cried out, Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yes, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. That sounds like a lot of churches. And he said to Peter, Simon, you are asleep. Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same uh, prayer as before, and he returned and found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them a third time, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas and the, one of the 12 disciples arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. 
They'd been sent by the priests and the teachers of religious law. The traitor Judas had, um, had given them a prearranged signal. You'll know which one to arrest because I will greet him with a kiss. And then you can take him under guard. I want to finish off reading starting in verse 66. Just go over a few verses. Jesus is taken off by arrest. He's betrayed. The guards take him off to sentencing, eventually to his death to die on the cross. He's being tried, and in the middle of this time, he's being whipped, literally the flesh coming off his body in verse 66. Meanwhile, Peter, who followed him from a distance, was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls, a young girl walked up, who worked for the high priest, came by and said, and she noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, I can tell by the merch and the shirts that you're wearing, aren't you one of those with Jesus of Nazareth? And, but Peter denied it and said, I, I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out to the entryway, and just then the rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there began, she started telling others, this man definitely is one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some other bystanders continued, confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because of, you are a Galilean because of your accent. And Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And suddenly Jesus' words flashed before Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. This morning's going to be a little different. It's on my heart today, but I want to talk just for a few minutes. I want to be like my wife today. This sermon's short but sweet. Um, uh, thank you, Nancy, if you're watching that. That was for you. Uh, um, but I want to talk in this title really quickly today. I'm disappointed. Aren't you just encouraged by that title? Doesn't it just fire you up? You want to go just take a city for Jesus? Um, I'm disappointed. If you're ever taking notes, write that down somewhere. I'm disappointed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this beautiful church and for this beautiful building. God, I'm thankful for your spirit. Thank you for the kids that are here. Father, thank you that kids are not just seen and not heard, but they are actively a part. We're thankful that you're a generational God. Father, you love passion, and you love praise, and you love people. And We pray these next few minutes, Lord, that they'd be more than just information, but we pray for transformation. Holy Spirit, would you do what only you can do? Would you light us up? Would you correct us, encourage us? Would you launch us? And may we leave here being more like you than when we walked in. And Father, if you can help the Titans, that would be wonderful. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said? Amen. <clears throat> During the uh, pandemic, which for us is ongoing, um, a lot of people did a lot of things to better themselves. Some people got in shape. Some people learned languages. Um, me and my wife, we finished Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're waiting for Netflix Point 2 to come out, you know. <clears throat> One thing I watched during the pandemic was this documentary. I love documentaries. Very my history people. You like Second World War. I just love documentaries. And I live in a part of the world that is very old. We have cobblestone streets are normal. And, very, you know, um, we're a British colony. And there's all this history. And we're actually closer to London, England than we are to Los Angeles, where we are located. And we're the furthest most part of North America on the East Coast, the Atlantic Ocean. I have coffee looking at the Atlantic Ocean at my favorite coffee shop every morning. We're so far east, but I watched this documentary on a war-torn country. There have been so many people and, and civil war and unrest that this country um, was full of landmines. And so many children were walking that the, the war had left, but the landmines, they couldn't find them all. And children, and then their people were going in, the United Nations and other celebrities and government, and they're trying to bring awareness because of landmines and, and, and the dangerous and 
I had this thought as I was watching that, that the most dangerous, and the, the whole point was you don't know where a, line, a landmine is. You don't know if you're in a minefield. And people think they're playing. They think they're just playing soccer, and they think they're just ha- uh, going for, for water or crops, and they're harvesting, and they don't know they're in a minefield. And this statement was this, it's so dangerous to be in a minefield. And I, I, I thought about that and how different that is from where I live and you live. But I had this thought. I said the most dangerous place to be in the world is not a minefield. The most dangerous place to be is being in a minefield, but not knowing it. And today, I want to encourage you. I want to get there, but in this season, as I've been, we've been praying for you, and even as a church, we've been going through this season, is there are landmines that want to hurt your faith, and disappointment is one of them. Disappointment is one of those landmines, and I want you to know today, the worst thing than being in a land, hitting a landmine of disappointment is not knowing you're disappointed. I've seen so many people get taken out of their faith. COVID has been an accelerator of things in life. It's sped things up. People that usually, come on, we've been, I've been around church for a while. People that were in church and faithful with their kids, and then their kids got out of high school, and all of a sudden they, they were more passionate about the cottage and, their, and fishing than they became the house of God, and you saw them fade when their kids left home. Now they're doing that when their kids are 15 because it sped it up. It was already in their heart. Marriages that weren't going to make it, it sped up, but also people that were hungry for God, it sped up that hunger, and COVID sped things up, negative or positive, and There's so much disappointment around, and today I want to speak to you about disappointment. Mark 14, Jesus, it has him walking through a minefield of disappointments on his way to the cross. Take so much hope in Jesus. He he identifies with us. He's walking through this journey towards the cross to redeem us, to be the greatest ransom of all time, to bankrupt heaven, to use Jesus' life to free us. It's the greatest ransom. Instead of trading um, a a satchel full of money or a briefcase full of gold, because sin took us hostage, and the devil made a call and said, I have your kids. But instead of heaven sending money or gold or valuables, he sent his son. And Jesus, it wasn't a drop. It wasn't a back alley or, 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 or a field where the exchange was happening. On the cross, Jesus became the ransom for our sin and freed us. And Jesus, on the way to the cross, found himself in a, landmine, in a field full of landmines of disappointment. The disciples couldn't stay awake and his most pressing moment he was uh, crushed with anguish and they couldn't stay focused or remember the lessons he had taught them they weren't supporting him you ever felt alone in your life can someone just understand what I'm going through a landmine of disappointment Judas someone he poured his life into three years Jesus had a very short ministry and he knew from this he was going to launch the church that would change eternity and one of the people he invested in, he recruited, he poured into, betrayed him, even to his life, sells him out. Peter, Peter ghosts him. He just forgets he exists. He stops communicating. And they tried to cancel their relationship, cancel culture. Peter canceled the relationship. I don't know him, never been a part of this. He, I don't want anything to do with him. Jesus was walking through minefields of disappointment. Jesus was disappointed. I don't know if you can relate to that today. COVID has been a lot of disappointing things. 2020, some of you thought 2020 was the year, like, like this was going to be the year you're going to start that business. Maybe that was the year you were going to hit that level of sales. Maybe it was the year you were going to go on that trip. You're going to make that memory. Before your kids left the house, you're going to go on that family reunion. And, and then 2020 rolled into 2021, and 
different year, but looked very similar. And maybe COVID's been disappointing. The timing has been graduations being canceled, plans being altered. Maybe your government has disappointed you. Don't raise your hand if that's you. Maybe church has disappointed you. Never forget, a little while ago, someone called me and cussed me out on the phone. Um, Christians do that once in a while. And first, my first thought is, how'd you get my number? You know, and oh, someone from our church cussed us out and he finished the sentence with, you're the worst pastor I've ever had, right? And I cursed him as only Christians can. I said, bless you. You know, I, that's the way pastors cuss. You know, just bless, put the emphasis on the B, bless you. And I just, I just uh, you know, all you can do is just bless them. And then when you hang up, pray for violent diarrhea for their life, you know? <laughs> May out of his belly flow living waters in Jesus' name. Like, You think I'm joking. All right. <laughs> just run to the Father. Run. Yeah. You know. More, Lord. Just more. Just blessing right now. Just maybe, 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 maybe it's not church. Maybe relationships disappointed you. Maybe people disappointed you. I don't know if you know this, but people disappoint all the time. Maybe you disappoint yourself. Maybe I didn't know I'd do this. I didn't think I would cross that line. I thought I would stick with this longer. I thought I would leave that quicker. Maybe you disappointed yourself. I seem to know today, I'm, not, I'm on a journey myself, but grieving isn't the opposite of faith. It is a part of faith. I know sometimes we have this culture of just like, suck it up, move on. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And you're thinking, I'm grieving. Grieving is not against your faith, it's a part of your faith. There's a whole book of the Bible about lamenting. I don't know if you know this. That you can grieve and still have faith. That's why it goes from graves to gardens. It goes from mourning to dancing. Listen, you have to grieve before you can dream, right? Sometimes you have to be buried before you realize that you were planted, right? And the seeds grow, but mourning is a part of your faith. But disappointment can be a landmine to take you out. And I want to speak to disappointment today if that's all right, for a few minutes. I'm going to go old school Pentecostal and give you three points, and they're all going to start with the same letter. That's all right. <laughs> if you haven't been in church for a while, you don't know how, how, how special that is. I was going to use a felt board today. <laughs> felt boards were these things we had before iPads. They were amazing. And remember, how many remember felt boards? Remember? Moses was also Abraham. Was that right? And he would slowly fall off the felt board. Remember? Love felt board. Bring them back, Lord. Bring it back. TikTok. We had Tic Tacs back then, right? My mother had a purse with Tic Tacs and snacks and Kleenex. Only one Kleenex for her whole life. She'd wash your face and blow your nose. How many had a mother that had a purse like that? Just one Kleenex, right? Spit on your face. And, uh, anyway, Lord bless my, our mothers. Three, thing, three things to do if you're disappointed today. You might be sitting here going, I'm, just, I'm disappointed. I can't. I can't watch news. I can't see that person across the church, maybe even Starbucks. You look in the mirror, you're disappointed today. I just want to help you today because there are landmines. God's doing something special in this room. This is not a prophetic moment. I run a nonprofit ministry, but you just need to hear me today. You're, you, you need to go to two services soon. You need to figure this out. God's doing something here. God has a journey for you. Don't let disappointment of looking in the mirror, looking across your kitchen table, looking across your, your, your church looking across the street stop you from what God has for you. Jesus walked through landmines, disappointment. Three things to help you get through disappointment. Number one, perspective. Perspective. Disappointment comes from unmet expectations. 
Wherever you've been disappointed with someone, it's because you thought they were gonna, you had an expectation they were gonna do this level of commitment or job. They were gonna do something. They were gonna say something. They were gonna live a certain way. And when they didn't line up to that expectation, that's where disappointment comes in. If you thought an election was going to change something and it didn't, if you thought a service was going to deliver something and it didn't, if you thought a relationship was going to do a certain level of expectation, and whenever expectations are not met, disappointment rushes in. Perspective. Maybe people didn't treat you the way you expected. Maybe opportunities didn't open up as you expected. Maybe that endeavor didn't grow the way you expected. Perspective keeps your eyes on the why, not the who or the what. Now, I'm a purpose preacher. Like, I, 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 you cut me, I bleed purpose. I, I need, a man with a why in his heart can overcome any how in his head. I want to remind you today the perspective you're here today. Young people, teenagers, mom and dad, keep your eyes on the why, your perspective of what's going on. In Hebrews 12.1, I need to read this verse. How did Jesus keep perspective in the middle of this landmine, this, land fee, this, this, this field of landmines of disappointment? Hebrews 12.1, we know it well. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a, such a huge crowd of witnesses to a life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us, trips, trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Jesus, in the middle of his disappointment, remember, no, 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 I'm on my way to a cross. I'm not, I'm not here to run a fan club. I'm not here to run a small group. I am going to redeem mankind. I keep my eyes on my purpose and my perspective because I am surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And what I do will save mankind. And because he kept his, uh, his eye and his heart on his why, he overcame the what he was going through and who was letting him down. Perspective. Purpose gives us perspective. Proper perspective moved Jesus through disappointment and it will move you. He was more focused on the cross and it moved him through the garden. Please don't miss that. He was so focused on the cross, it moved him through the garden. Now, you still have to go through the garden. But so many times we get disappointed in the garden and we get our eyes off of the cross. He was more focused on our gain than his own pain. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I want to remind you today, I don't know if you're new to this assembly, if you've been here since day one, but whatever you're going through personally, corporately, whatever you're going through vocationally, relationally, physically, keep your eyes on the why and get a perspective. Me and my wife say all the time, let's get back up to 30,000 feet. Why? Because when you're flying, you don't see traffic. You don't see potholes. And once in a while, we're like, no, no, we started this church not to get offended by people cussing us out. We don't get upset because we don't have services because the budget wasn't what we thought we'd do because we disappoint ourselves in the way we react. We're like, no, no, God has a plan to help our city of Halifax. And we go back up and get a perspective. Some of you today in your marriage, in your parenting, in your singleness, in your business, in your worship need to just back up a little bit and go, no, 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 let's get our eyes back on the cross. You know, get me through the garden. Get me through the garden. Your assignment is bigger than this hurt. Some of you are hurting today, and hurting's not wrong. Jesus was crushed. Hurt is not a sin. But if your assignment you need to know today is bigger than your hurt, my friends, your, your potential is too important to stop here. Don't stop here. Nelson Mandela said it this way, where you stand depends on where you sit. You can't sit in disappointment and hope to stand in victory. Perspective number two, prepare. 
how to overcome disappointment. You're going through some disappointment. Prepare. Preparation is hope in action. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to do a Holy Ghost rewind. I'm just going to go over here for a minute. (laughs) Preparation is hope in action. Hope is a drug. Hope is life. Hope is Hope is everything. We need hope. Please make no mistake. We're, they, we weren't dealing chocolate on that grass yesterday. We were dealers of hope. There's someone driving by going, is there people that aren't selfish? Are there people that aren't, aren't just obsessed with their four and no more and their house and their business and their table? Why would people set, do all this work in the rain and the mist to set up bouncy castles and bounce houses and set up and dress up? And we, they, they had the Black Panther there yesterday. Come on, they had cowboys there. Zorro was there. Actually, his cousin Zero was there yesterday. They had... They, they, why? Because if you, some people see a chocolate bar. I don't. I see hope. Amen. I don't get time today, but my mother was suicidal. My father was a drunk. My mother tried to commit suicide after trying to kill me and my sister. I was four months of age, but a neighbor walked over and knocked on a door and said, hey, I just see you have kids. We have an amazing kids church. And because a neighbor invited my mom to church, I am alive today. Why? Because they didn't say, well, that's just a felt board and a chocolate bar. Dealers of hope. Preparation is hope in action. You feeling disappointed today? Listen, you can't prepare for the past. You realize that yet? You can't go back and prepare for the past. You can't even prepare for the present. Preparation is always future focused. If you feel like you're stuck on a landmine, you have your foot on a landmine going, man, I just feel like I'm going to lose my faith or lose my relationship, start preparing. It's always future focused. When you learn, when you train, when you plan, when you study, preparation forces you to stop looking backwards. It forces you to stop looking inwards, and it forces you to start looking ahead. That's why the windshield's always larger than the rearview mirror, because if you focus in the back, you're going to hit something. We've got to get our eyes looking forward. Learn from the past, but look forward. Jesus, in Mark chapter 14, when he's in the garden... That's why he prayed for the cross, because he was disappointed in the moment. But he says, I am preparing myself for what's coming tomorrow. Why? Because preparation is always hope-focused. It's always hope. He prepared in the middle of, he knows what's going to happen with Peter. Judas is on his way. They're not praying. They can't stay with him. He calls a prayer meeting. This is, you think you have a problem with your prayer meeting. Jesus called a prayer meeting. They fell asleep. In the middle of that disappointment, he said, no, no, my prayer is if this cup cannot pass from me, I will focus. Why? Because I see the joy set before me. He prepared his heart for tomorrow. He prepared for the next day and refused to get stuck in the disappointment of today. He trained his submission, his obedience, his emotions for what was coming beyond the betrayal that was minutes away, beyond the denial that was hours away. He was preparing to carry a cross, not an attitude. You need to know this today. You can find whatever you're looking for. You know, you ever found that? Yeah. Contrary to what Bono and U2 tells you, you can find what you're looking for, whether it's an attitude or a chance to make a difference. But Jesus was preparing to carry a cross, not an attitude. He was preparing to hold our sin, not a grudge. Forgive quickly, people. Some of you need to hear this say, you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive people. Are we consumed with the pain of the past or are we training for tomorrow? Preparation pushes disappointment out. I've seen this. I've never been stronger in my life and it almost killed me getting here. Anybody else relate to that? Last five years, 
for us as church planters have been the hardest five years of our lives. I'm not going to assume. I'm going to guess it's for you. But the last five years have been the best years of my life. But preparation pushes disappointment out. Can I encourage you to say something? This isn't really deep right now, but some of you, you feel like you're in a, in a, in a minefield of disappointment. Start preparing. Buy a new book today. Start reading a new book. Some of you are like, no, I'm just prepared. Why? Because it's always future focused. Download a new workout app. Get a new gym membership. Sign up for a new class. Study a new topic. Start a new devotional plan. Get a new worship album. Learn a new song. Join a new team at the church. Do something to prepare yourself for tomorrow and it'll push disappointment out. Plan a new date night for your marriage. Plan a new time to take your kids out for a special time. Look forward. Look, go look at new properties. Look for new things to study. Why? It forces you out of, the, out, of the, out of the trench of disappointment and it makes you move forward for the joy set before him. Casting off every weight and sin, looking towards, move forward today. There's more for us to do. You know, that's your, what a moment we're in as a church, but there's more. Yes. Do not think this building will contain you. If, this, if you think you're done, no, no, you're not done. You started. Preparation is hope and action. Number three, worship team, come on back. Number three. Number three. How to deal with disappointment today? Some of you, I can see it in your eyes today. You're like, you don't want to let on. Some of you, this is not for everybody, but for somebody today, you're disappointed. I'm not going to expose you because if I'm honest today, there's some disappointment in my heart I'm working through. How do you deal with disappointment? Number three, participate. Listen, church, stay involved. Stay connected. People are disappointed, deconstruct. People that have hope-focused, renovate. Both look very similar. Both have things need to be torn down. Some things need to be torn down. Some things need to be removed. But the, the motive is different. One is, let's burn her to the ground. The other one is, we need to improve this and make it better. Participate. Get involved. Stay connected. There's a lot of talk right now, globally, about the church being persecuted. I'm not being political today. There's a lot of talk about the church being persecuted. People have a lot of opinions, and this is mine. So glad you asked. We aren't being persecuted as a church as much as we're being distracted. See, Satan doesn't need you to deny God if he can get you to forget him. See, I'm not being pressed to deny God. I'm being drawn to forget about him. And comfort and cares are trying to take away my heart. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being confronted by my government or my peers or my city to deny God. I'm getting lulled to sleep like Samson to forget about God. Staying involved keeps him God in, in your life. Participate. Well done, good and faithful servant. Be active in our faith. Disappointment wants to disconnect you from the journey, doesn't it? Get disconnected in your marriage and done trying. You'd bring home their favorite soda or their favorite chocolate bar. Maybe you would send a nice texter and they're just thinking about you. And dis- disappointment wants you to disconnect from being present and active. You're at the family supper table, but you're not at the family dinner table. Your mind is up. You're not present. You're not participating. Maybe in church you show up and you're here, but you're not here. You ever been in a room, but you're not in the room. Maybe it's at your workplace. Maybe it's with your passion on your heart. Disappointment wants you to disconnect from the journey. Disappointments wants to make you stop. It promises healing to stop, to stop and heal. 
but it only delivers regret. And you wake up years from now going, what if I could have been? What if I had stepped out? What if I had forgiven? What if I had tried? Serve through disappointment. This is hard. It's easy to preach. It's hard to do. Serve through disappointment. Been in this a while now. Not saying this because I'm a pastor. Been in this a while now. 46 years of living, I've realized that sometimes you just need to serve through disappointment. Jesus was disappointed with his disciples. He was even disappointed with his father. He's like, I don't want to do this. Why is this the plan? And what did he say to get through that, that minefield of disappointment? He said, I will serve humanity. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I came to seek and save and serve the lost. The greatest must be the least. And he served himself through disappointment. You know what faith looks like? Setting up bouncy castles. Where's Pastor Bob? Is he here? I don't know you, sir. Don't know you well. But the servant heart on you. I don't know what you're, if you have disappointment in the last 24 months, you're breathing, so you probably do. I don't know you. I don't even know what JD speaks so highly of you. He says things like brilliant and humble. But where's Russell? Pastor Russell at? I hear you. Last to leave yesterday. That doesn't happen. Not in America very often. I'll be honest. Right? It's a lot of green rooms and stages. It's disappointment in your life. I know, there is. But you guys serve through it. If you're dealing with disappointment today, find somewhere to serve. Because if serving is beneath us, leadership is beyond us. Serve today. In Mark chapter 16, I'm going to close with this, Mark chapter 16, verse 5. Jesus, please don't miss this. In Mark chapter 16, verses 5 to 7, they enter the tomb. Jesus now had died. He's rose from the dead. It says, they entered the tomb. They saw a young man clothed in white robe sitting on the right side. A woman was shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You read that, you think, okay, isn't it interesting? Tell the disciples and Peter. Make sure Peter knows, Jesus said, make sure Peter knows, I can't wait to see him. Listen, I'm coming back to save, I'm saving the world, I'm changing everything, it's gonna be a mirror, but in all that, don't forget to tell Peter. Send him a DM. Slide into his DMs. Let him know. I know he's, he's ghosted everybody. He's off doing his own thing. He's hiding. But make sure someone finds Peter. I love everybody. Go find Peter. I said, Peter, I can't wait to see you. Jesus knew in order to get Peter to his moment in Acts where he preaches and thousands come to salvation, before he could get him to that moment in Acts, he had to keep him participating now because Peter was disappointed with Jesus, disappointed with himself. And Jesus said, you need to participate. Why? If I can get you to Acts, I got to get you through this landmine of disappointment. I need him to participate. Tell everybody, tell the world, but don't forget to tell Peter, I'm not done with him. I have something for him to do. I have an assignment on his life. He needs to participate today. Has anyone ever disappointed you? Me too. Have you ever disappointed someone? Yeah. 
Me too. Today I want to challenge you to stay connected in the season. Stay invested. Stay involved in the journey. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. Just keep moving forward. Jesus kept going. In the middle of disappointment, kept going. Peter, disappointed, just kept going. But because he participated, he refused to be canceled. And the Peter we name our kids after, the, the Peter that the New Testament includes, the, the miracles happened. Why? Because Peter refused to be canceled, refused to stop, refused to let disappointment take out his faith and his calling. So what about you? We're going to sing this song about the goodness of God as we close today. Kids, you're amazing. I love that you're in this service today. I want to ask you this question. We're just going to sing this song. I want this to be our altar call today. As we sing this song, I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you stuck in disappointment? Are you not looking forward anymore? You're looking backwards or inward? You don't dream anymore. You don't talk about the trips you want to take. You don't talk about the things you want to plan. You don't talk about the songs you want to write. You don't talk about the events that you want to go to. You don't look forward in relationships. You're disappointed today. Are you stuck in disappointment? If you are, perspective. Put your eyes on Jesus, not the White House. Not your boss, not your friends, not your spouse, not even yourself. Lift your eyes to the hills, to the mountains, for where your hope comes from. Perspective today. Secondly, prepare. Some of you just literally need to go start a new book. You need to go prepare yourself, learn a new language. Take a new course on finances. Go do something. Prepare yourself today for what God has for you tomorrow. And lastly, participate. Stay active. Serve. You want a place to serve? Kids ministry would be a great place. You're going, to kid, you're going to two services soon. Kids ministry, we're so thankful you're in the service today. We honor you. We honor you today. No, we do. <laughs> two services are coming. We need, some of you need to go, I'll come to one service. I'll, serve, I'll sit in one. I'm going to serve the other one. Participate. We're going to sing this song before I do. Is it Tim? I don't know you. Don't want to embarrass you for anything because you're bigger than me, number one. <laughs> you got a lot of kids too, and together you can take me out pretty quick, right? I believe, J.D. said, youth, you work with the youth here. I just felt, Lord, I felt like the Lord, it might not be, just want to encourage you today that you're so valuable. You're humble. You're a humble giant of a man. I see this, I see this calling on you, this anointing to be, uh, to be a translator, to be a linguist not with languages of Swahili or Lithuanian or French or Arkansas, whatever they speak in Arkansas. Right? <laughs> but there's an ability on you to translate even to this generation. See, the message cannot change, but the language has to. All you saw out there yesterday was the same message as in here today, just a language. In the language of today, what, what used to be an hour Facebook took to three minutes. Instagram took it to a minute. TikTok is 15 seconds. And the language and the attention spans are changing. And people are struggling to translate values, things like purity, hope, stickability, love. I believe there's an anointing on your life to translate. 
And as long as you get close enough to hear what the Father is saying, God will give you the ability. It might be through that great smile of yours or talents. Even yesterday, I'm watching teenagers and kids stop by a basketball station. And it wasn't candy thereafter. There was a a connection. There's an ability on your life to translate. And God will give you things, even in the night season, where people are frustrated, go, why don't they listen? They don't get it. They don't, you'll go, no, 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 they get it. They just need someone to, just to to speak it a different way. I pray there'd be an anointing on you that frustration would not be your portion, but purpose would rush in. Even when there's been frustration that you feel frustrated, that that would start to drain out of your body and purpose would start to fill you again. You'd wake up, get a notepad by your bed, whether it be on your phone or in paper, because you're going to write things down, not to check Instagram and not to check your fantasy team, but to write down notes. And you think, I don't know if this makes sense, but it's going to translate. Things that will happen in this pulpit and in your prayer time, you'll find ways to translate it to this generation. Pray an anointing to hear clearly and speak the language of today. Not in compromise, not in impurity, but timeless and full of hope, but can be heard. How great thou art is a message, is a song from my past, but it's a message for today. And the language changes. The message cannot. God is real. He has a plan. There is a choice. And that cannot be changed, but the language has to. I bless you today. Can I just pray for you, Father? Is this this your wife? Is this your family? Father, just bless them today. I bless their hands. I bless their passion. I pray what they make happen. I pray for many in this house. What they've made happen for this house, you'll make happen for their own house. Father, what they're making happen for other people's teenagers, you'd make happen for theirs. I even remove that lie that if you pour more, too much time into someone else's kids, you're going to lose your own. You're going to, you're going to, you know, they're, 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 you're going to be torn away. I pray there'd be an anointing on your life. I pray that, that, that peace, I pray that joy and faith would be your portion and your inheritance. I don't even know why I pray. I just pray for your finances right now to be blessed. Just pray right now. I just pray your mind would be calm. Your marriage would be strong. Your passion would be known. And your language would be one that would be understood by this generation. I bless him today. Church, can we stand to our feet today? Let me ask you today, are you disappointed? If I'm honest, I am in some things today. I'm disappointed in myself a little bit. Disappointed in my government a little bit. I'm disappointed in my church a little bit. But today I refuse to stick there. Why? Because God has more for me. Ma'am, he has more for you. Has more for you. He has more for you. He has more for you. Can we sing this song and let God wash over your hearts today with hope today? In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.